And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, welcome to the Weighing In Podcast. We are sitting in not our studios, a little bit different. We are in a hotel room. It's actually his hotel room. So if you think it's a mess, it probably is. But we wanted to get to you guys and get you a program so you could hear what we say about what happened in Bellator, what happened with the UFC, and just what's happening in life. Yeah, I mean, what's in life, you know, what the greatest part about this whole thing being nice, I can actually fucking hit you. Go ahead, go ahead. This is, this is your turn. You yes. Get because I've yes. done it so much. I can't wait to get back in the same room as Dave, though. God, yeah. <laughs> There's so much I want to do. Dude, I'll tell you what, man. You talk about a tag team match. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, dude, I'm going to just... You know what, though? I actually have been around his two boys. They would probably whoop our asses, man. <laughs> they are so mean. To they, they would protect him. I don't know why. I like that, though. I like, I like I that. Like hey, like guys. That. Um, okay, so look. I'm going to be very upfront and very frank. I only got to saw a couple. I only got to see a couple of the UFC fights. Same I'm going to same with John. We got it. We got done real late with Bellator last night. And a very kind of emotional night, I think, for a lot of people. Um, just... You know, enjoying, enjoying the fights. The 300 was a big, you know, kind of milestone for Bellator. Uh, you know, obviously with all the buzz of potentially what may be happening, no one really knows as of now. I mean, people continue to say, oh, I know, uh, all week people were talking about, you know, the potential sale. But no one really knows. And, um, you know, we'll find out here shortly if, uh, if things do come up, I think, and uh, we'll move forward with that. But well, you know, we the, be- the best part is, is, you know, we feel like we're kind of, we're out of the loop. Yeah, we, we don't know a fucking thing. The best part is I'm sitting there with Randy Couture. We're talking, and he goes, he goes, I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, <laughs> last night it was so nice though. We got to saw Randy last night, Dan Henderson. I mean, there were so many guys that were there. Some a lot of the old staff that I used to work with at Strike Force that then came over to Bellator when Coker took over. Then they were there. Then they ended up leaving and going to other places, and um, you know, and all those things. So it was a. Uh, it was fun. It was great to see a lot of old faces. I mean, there was a lot of nostalgia in the in the in the arena last night. It was very nice, man. It was a cool. It was a cool, uh, cool bit. Cool, cool feeling. I like the pyros were awesome. People were great. The fans were awesome. San Diego, yeah, yeah. San Diego was always nice. For people watching, I want to know what do they think of like you know that uh, what do they call that reality thing? It's like they put the belt up or something. like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's they called. They actually though. had one that they did not use that was like flames off of the cage. That looked real when you looked at oh. it on TV. It looked like they had pyro going right off of the cage. Oh, awesome. And they didn't use it. And I was like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. But who knows? <clears throat> Anyways. Well, um, so like I said, we're going to talk about, uh, I mean, I'm going to talk, we're going to talk about some of the UFC fights. We will give you a more in-depth recap on that probably in the midweek show. Uh, but I have a chance to really sit down and watch all. But I did get the chance to watch the main event, the co-main event, and the, and the fight before that. And so um, I fell asleep in the fight before that. So. <laughs> Just being honest. Um, it was look, like, well, 3 o'clock in the morning, it's hard to watch. Yeah, fights. it was kind of hard to watch fights at 2, you know, 1, 2, 3. And it's so late awesome. now, anyways. I mean, yeah, because, you know, you got to remember, Central Time now, East Coast Time. Oh, yeah. Come back to the West Coast. By, like, 9 o'clock, I'm like, I'm, a, I'm an early riser. <laughs> and so um, we, uh, we, had a, we had a great time last night. And, um, but, man, Dave, you want to get into uh, the UFC first, and then we'll talk about Bellator? Or you want to talk about Bellator first, then the UFC? I mean, you guys are rolling on high emotions here. Let's just roll right into this main event, uh, Usman versus Brent Primus. Okay. All right. So when we take a look at that fight, you know, going into it, we looked and said, you know, ah, Brent Primus is a guy, he's going to have to get that fight to the ground to mm-hmm. get a win. 
that's where he's going to be able to yeah. take advantage of his skill set. He, he's always been a guy that will exchange on the feet. He will throw down and stuff, but doesn't have the uh, a real speed to him. You know, mm -hmm. I know that he feels it. Are you, you touching me? Yeah, Would you stop touching me? You're looking Would away, you stop touching me? You're looking me? away from your mic, okay. and you've got to take care of the old people. Good idea. <laughs> you know what? That's pretty smart of you right there. There you go. But, man, you looked at this fight, and I was like, you know, the speed of Nurmagomedov is going to be very difficult premise if he can get him down, but the wrestling of Nurmagomedov is damn good. And it just played out that way. But it really, in my opinion, it looked like a sparring match. Yeah. Uh, Usman would turn it on at times, but then he would just sit and coast and, and just touch. Yeah. And he controlled the space and the range so well that premise, you know, he was trying, man. He was giving it everything he had. It's just there's levels to everything. And they sit on different levels as far as their ability to control that. And Usman, even though he's only 25 years of age, shows that he's at a different level than most guys when it comes to the control. I'm being honest. He got hit about four times in that damn fight. Yeah. It just wasn't. He didn't get touched much. You know, and, and what he was doing to premise, nothing was of superpower. Uh -huh. But, man, it was the volume that just kept on building and, you know, premise I give him credit, man. I tell you what, the dude's tough. You know, we talked about it off of that Barna Wee fight. Mm -hmm. He really showed me something that, of the heart that he had. He had heart the whole time, and uh, he just he didn't have the skills needed to beat Nurmagomedov. Yeah, I looked at it. I looked at it a couple different ways. One way was he needed to fight it like more like the Barna Wee fight. He yeah. didn't do that. Yeah, he, he couldn't. He but he could have. He couldn't. He could have. Really? How? Yeah, I he because. Usman, there was moments where Usman was there to be grabbed. He just did, when he got into the clinch, he was more, he wanted more to control the position versus just throw caution in the wind, start yeah. throwing elbows, start throwing knees. Look, trying to track down someone who doesn't want to be caught is like Rocky trying to catch that chicken. It's it's hard. Yeah. And his and Usman's, his lateral move, I've seen him do it so many times in the gym against top level other kickboxers that come out of American Kickboxing Academy. And it's just... It's a really, it's just, it's, he does it so textbook with the range, the distance. His little tip kick and his side kick to the quad, that little, the, I, I, <clears throat> the oblique kick. Yeah. He just does it so well. And he keeps the distance. And, <laughs> yeah. when, and when he fought, when he fought um, Patricky, it was very much the same way. Yeah. He was touch, touch, touch. And Patricky just had no answer. The speed, people understand, like he maybe doesn't, I don't know, I felt like, obviously we know Brent Primus is not the fastest guy in the world. But, Usman, I think, had he thrown more in bunches, would have potentially got him out of there. Potentially. Okay. But then he realized, like you said, it was like a sparring match. Yeah. He was just cruising. Exactly. And that's but and it's the whole point. You know, and I was you know, I'm sitting there with and Moro Moro is the, you know, my partner on the call and he's he's getting frustrated, like, you know, why why doesn't he do more? And it's like, let me let me put you in this situation. You're the champion, you're fighting a guy, there's a million dollars down the road possibly if you know you get to that in your next fight why are you going to take that chance yeah. why this is this is like a sparring match for you and so do you blame him for fighting the way he did it was i could do this all night mm -hmm. and <clears throat> that's the way the fight looked and again i give nothing but credit to premise he was trying his ass off it just wasn't there you know like i said there's levels to everything and you can be a, a great Fighter, you can be a great pianist, but there's always going to be that person that just makes you look average. It's kind of cliche to say that <clears throat> um, 
that like, oh, well, he trains with some of the best guys. Like, you, no. have, to, you have to be honest. Like, it's, he, you know, even when Habib's not training, he's still training with Islam. He's still training with Islam Mamadov. He's still training with um, his brother his, Umar. His Umar, Umar. Like, there's, they're constantly working on things, even when they're back home. And like, look, if, um, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, paint a broad brush with this whole thing, right? I'm going to basically say, until other people start to, other countries, other people from other countries, <clears throat> start to live a lifestyle. Start to live a life. That's exactly, you knew exactly where I was going with this. True. It's, they start to live a lifestyle that their main focus is being the best at whatever it is they do. Then nothing's going to change. This group of young men, okay, with... <clears throat> Under Habib, under Javier, under Cain Velasquez now, um, is is just gonna it's gonna I think they're gonna continue just on this onslaught of just being undefeated or you know don't get me wrong they're gonna lose some here and there you know but this is the fight game that's what happens but he like he said like he was okay after the first round taking the fight to the ground getting sweaty yep. you know they were sweaty no submission threats keeping the top pressure so the omoplatas and the Google platas didn't work. He never faded back to put the leg over the neck. He was unable to. Yeah, he just wasn't able to. And then anytime they got back to the feet, it was like target practice. Yeah. And I'm not trying to take anything away from, from Brent Primus, but you got to speak on the facts. And the facts are that Usman Nurmagomedov was faster. He fought a very smart fight in terms of fight IQ. He mixed it up. He stayed within range and out of range. He was able to keep Brent Primus at the tip of his sword. Basically, just right at the end of his jab, right at the end of the straight left, right at the end of the kick, and always outside of range. That tall, long, and lanky came in play last night. Also, you got to be honest about it. We said, Primus has got to get the fight to the ground. Well, he didn't get the fight to the ground the way he wanted, as far as being in the top position, mm -hmm. but he got the fight to the ground, and Usman proved, I can negate everything that you're capable oh, of doing, yeah. and that's what he did. So, great performance by him. And the one thing I want to say about him is this. You know, I've, known, I've known him... <clears throat> obviously less than you have mm -hmm. you know you've known him since he was basically 19 20 mm -hmm. but in the time that i've known him you know he was very quiet and very uh, humble and everything and you can see a change he is getting cockier mm -hmm. but i do love the fact when you and this is part of what's going to make it difficult to take that title away from him or to beat this guy is he he truly, at this point, I don't think he cares about the money. Not he only. truly, I don't think, at this point, cares about the title. Mm. He cares about, I want to show everyone that I, my brother, and Habib are unbeatable. Mm. You can't beat us. <clears throat> the legacy part is a huge factor for him. And I think that, you know, we always talk about what what is that motivation for the champion. That's his motivation. Yeah. Uh, the The... Even when Habib was before he was, when he was 25, 24 years old in training, he was he always just say, brother, I don't need the money. And I was like, wait a minute, you don't need the money. What do you mean? You live at home with mom and dad. We need, we need to talk. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean you don't need the money? You live at home with mom and dad. And he's like, brother, after yes, I, have, I do. He goes, after I have money, I'll still live at home with mom and dad. I was like, yeah, I can't. And he always said, I can't leave my mother. And it was just, it was kind of a, it was a, and look, I'm not saying that Umar and Usman are that way, but you just... Like, when they talk about we don't need the money, I almost feel like when one of them has money, they all have money. And not that, like, oh, here, let me pay for everything. They don't ask for much. They don't need They don't need much. Like, they, like there's a, I think a Javier posted a picture. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's Javier. It's, I think it's at uh, American Kickboxing Academy. There's this, there's this headgear that, uh, it, was, it was an Everlast headgear. It had a little jawline. 
and Hob gave it to Habib for sparring, like probably like his first couple, like his first month there in AK. And he loved the headgear so much, he never got rid of it. He wore that shit till it was falling apart. I mean, the sh- you guys go on the picture. You guys can look it on the picture. It was under American Kickboxing Academy on Instagram. And he didn't want to get rid of it. Even when Reebok signed the deal with them, with, with him, he signed a deal with him and with UFC when they did the deals. And they, they wanted, he basically put a Reebok sticker over the front so he could wear that. Even though they didn't make that headgear, he wanted, so he didn't want to get rid of the headgear. That headgear is just fucking falling apart. Those are the things where, for like people Material like me. Material things are not important. For people like me, I went out and bought the winning headgear. Hell yes. I went out and bought the $500 headgear. There's a reason the, why you the, buy the winning the headgear. $400 gloves. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was, but those are the things that I'm talking about when, when they say, brother, I don't need money, then that's what they mean. They mean like, I don't, I don't need all this other stuff. I need, I have what I want. And, and there's a difference. Like yeah. then when you're, when you realize you don't need that money because you're, because you're content with your lifestyle, then really, what else is there to focus on except True. for your legacy? True. Because uh, who was it? Somebody did a study, and uh, they talk about it in like one of their speeches when they run about. And they said, "Look, really, after you make sixty-five thousand dollars a year, the rest of it is all just wasted money. You're using that. You're using that money to buy things that you really you want, but you don't, don't really need. need. Yeah. You know, like when you buy more houses than one, when you buy more property than." Oh. When you buy more, when you, you really don't need those houses. You know, you could just keep your money in the bank. You get, and I was sure everyone's like, oh, that's a bad investment. But, you know, they just, they have what they need. They have what they want. And, you know, and they have, you know, like, <clears throat> if you guys follow Habib, he's got an, uh, a nice, uh, it's not a new gym, but it looks newly remodeled. And uh, you can see his new team. Does he have is, new headgear there, though? I don't know. I didn't see <laughs> he, I haven't seen him in there yet. So, um but yeah, it looks like a great, uh, it's like, it says Nurmagomedov school uh, um, on Instagram. So if you guys get a chance to follow him over there. All right. Well, look, the fight was, the fight to me was one-sided. We both agree on that. It was the speed, the range, the, you know, the fight IQ of Usman. It just came through. You know, look, the fight that I really want to see is him and Alexander Shabley. And I'm not trying to take anything away from a tricky pit bull. But you've seen that fight. But I've seen that fight. Exactly. And <clears throat> Alexander Shabley is going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. He's a sniper on the feet. <clears throat> has a little bit of that George Masvidal style. Yeah. Hard, nasty kicks when he throws them. Very boxing-centric, though, but head movement offline. He's, you saw how good he was. With he pulls people into his traps, too. Yeah. Does a great job of leading you a certain way and bringing you into his power. I, I agree with you. I think that's the matchup. If you're going to say what's the best matchup for mm-hmm. uh, a final and what's the hardest matchup for Nurmagomedov, it's going to be shot. Yeah, I would agree with you. All right, we had Chris Cyborg taking on Kat Zingano. I'll tell you what, this was one you look and you know, Kat is someone that has always had fantastic wrestling, and she she transfers that very well into MMA. And she also is one of those people that you see people that in scrambles always end to come, excuse me, I can't talk, always end up coming out on top. Mm -hmm. And uh, winning those scrambles just by that tenacity. And Kat's always been that person. So you looked at this fight and said, look, if she can get this fight to the ground and she's got to do it repeatedly, you know, throughout the rounds, she's got a chance of winning the fight. If it's going to end up on the feet and she can't get Chris down, ooh, this is going to be a bad yeah. night for Katzengano. Well, the latter is what happened. She tried. She went with, you know, getting her down. Chris did a fantastic job of going with the first takedown, coming up, popping back up. And from that point, you know, because she landed, I think the first right hand she landed, you could see in Kat's face was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. 
that that's hard. And it's one of those, you, you want to know, okay, how hard does this person get? I've watched him. I've seen it. I kind of heard, but you don't know until you feel it. Then you feel it and you go, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what we had. And it was just a matter of time after that first takedown attempt and what Chris did. Look, she's, she's good for a reason. One of the things that you know makes her so good is she does not sit back and rest on what she can, has done in the past. She's always looking at getting better. Her wrestling has gotten way better. She's working out with a lot of people in the wrestling game. Because for the most part, there's only been one person that's been able to sit there and say, I want to throw hands with you and come out on top. Mm-hmm. And that was Amanda. She got her the one time. And that was because Chris made the mistake. And you know, it's funny, if you listen to Chris's corner, you'll hear them you know, yelling out, you know, blue head, blue head. And I always wonder, what the hell was blue head? Calm down. Calm down, right? Calm down, man. Yeah. You know, don't. Don't become the berserker. Mm. And that's what we're seeing out of her more. She's a smarter fighter. She's a more technical <clears throat> fighter now. That's why she's just, you know, that's why she's a champion, why she's so, you know, difficult to deal with. Yeah, I looked at what happened last night with um, with Kat. And for me, what it was was that, that initial takedown. She took her time trying to set it up. She didn't just run out, no, run no, out no, there no. and try and get the takedown. Yeah. She took her time trying to set it up. She threw nasty, hard inside leg kicks. She was really letting her kicks go. Cat was. Yeah. And as she was having an effect, I was like, oh, wow. You're, man, you're throwing everything with some heat. And I could tell that she was setting up the takedown, but I just didn't know when it was going to come. But she did it right off of, I believe, like a uh, straight left or straight right. She threw it off the straight right. But it was nicely timed, nicely. She got in deep, and um, Cyborg was able to roll it through oh, yeah. and come out on the top. Yep. But they came back up to neutral position. And as they as that happened, I was like, that's probably the deepest you're going to get. <laughs> And I, and I just, here's the thing. I believe with Chris Cyborg, the way to take her down is to go right to the single up to the body lock. And then if you can't, if you can't, you're not trying to like lift and take her down. You're trying to like kind of trip her and drag her down. But she's so good at getting the underhooks right away, keeping her hips away. She's brilliant at that. But look, I don't, I don't believe that dropping down on her, her legs just physically so strong. Not unless, strong. not unless you're you're a person that turns that corner so yeah. well. If you can turn that corner and be one of those people that I mean, you're, mm-hmm. if you're Kyle Dake and you're able to turn that corner on yeah. that hard, that's the way that you can get into her legs. But you're yeah. right. Other than that, I, I just don't see any of the women getting her down. I agree. I, I mean, like, there's got to be a more fluid transition. It's got to be like single up to the body and then right to a knee tap or shrug it by and get to the back and then lift and scoop and put you to hands, you know, yeah. to mat return. It's got to be something in a seamless transition. There cannot be like a go to the single leg, no okay, let me fight here, and let me yeah, try to go to the body lock, then the underhook comes. It's done. Yeah, and then you can't shrug it by. You can't get to the back. She's just too good at that. And, I, and everyone keeps saying, like, she's 38 years old. When's she going to retire? Why the fuck would she retire? <sighs> I mean, she's just fucking walking through people, and I get it. But look, there's there's only there's only a handful more for her to beat. There's Kayla Harrison, yes, and there's uh, Pacheco. Yeah, those are the only two that I really have any I'm being, you know, desire to see her fight. I, when I talked to her, I said, you know, I asked her. I said, uh, you know, let's be honest. I said, there's not a whole lot of people that I can put in a position mm-hmm. that I think is a challenge for you. I said. I'll give Kayla Harrison. Absolutely. I said, and I said, is she of interest to you? She goes, you know, absolutely. I always want, I want to fight the best. You know, I, I, she goes, and she goes, we're going to fight. I said, what's your thoughts on Larissa Pacheco? I said, I have, uh, you know, I think Larissa Pacheco 
is a, is a young version of you. Mm -hmm. you know? And she goes, oh, I love the way Larissa Pacheco fights. I think she's fantastic. And she is someone that, yes, I would love to have the opportunity to yeah. fight. She goes, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, and then she's like, you know, at this point, you don't know. But uh, those are the two fights. Yeah, that I think that's a challenge. I agree. I, I can't. I can't think of anybody else. And here's the other thing, though: when you get to that point, and say you do get past, she's able to get past both of them, unless the fights are close. Then where do you go from there? Yeah, you know, I mean, like, because then, then people, then we're like kind of recycling you through, yeah. and people just tune you out then. You're like, yeah. okay, we've seen you do it all. You're, you know, create your legend. But then, like, what do we do? Yeah, and it's the one thing. Look, you can't, you can't take anything away. I look at you know people that can, you know talk about. Oh, well, look at who she's actually fought. Mm -hmm. and so it's like you can only fight what's there. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, it is what it is. And yes, I, I admit that you know the featherweights as a whole have not had that much. You know, as far as a, a plethora of talent. No. But neither of the bantamweights. No. Okay? Mm -hmm. and, and it's just part of women's MMA right now. There still needs to be... It's gotten better as you get lower. 115, oh, absolutely. to me is the yeah. better. And especially absolutely. 115 more, right now. Yeah. It's Super more exciting. Fun. Yeah, it's way more exciting. So but Great great win for Chris. And you know, we'll see what happens from there. All right. We had Alima Lay McFarland taking on her former training partner in Liz Carmouche. This mm -hmm. did not start the way that we thought. Yeah, I thought, sure, the feeling <laughs> out process would be fucking over and we'd yeah. see a fight. Um, apparently a fight never broke out and we just ended up with a stoppage. I mean, I love both of them. I love both of them. And, uh, but you could just tell as soon as the first round started and as they started throwing one punch, one, two punch, I was yeah. like, I said, they don't want to hurt each other. Yes. I, said, I almost said, get them out of the cage. I want, I almost wanted to call up Coke and be like, Hey, just, just get out of the cage. Just like, let's, just, let's move on. Let's move on. You know, it, it's one of those things that I, I, I think it's, I don't know. I can't say it's the difference in the mentality between men and women. Absolutely times. it is. Okay. I said that at the at the desk with Amanda. Yeah. We were talking. I said, this is the problem. Men are okay with punching each other in the face yes. and being friends right after. Yes. Even when we don't fucking like each other. Like we get actually like train, like we get closer together. We become a bond because that actually you develops. more respect for the person that will exactly. stand there and, and take what you're giving yep. when you know, hey, I'm doing a mm -hmm. lot here, and they're giving back. Yeah. You can't it, be said for No, for it cannot. Know. It's almost like it's they're weird. like, wait, bitch, you fucking hit me. What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? I can't believe you, you. I can't believe I can't, you hit me. I can't believe you hit me. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. It's, it's like your wife saying, I want you to want to do the dishes. And it no, was, I don't want to do the dishes. And it was almost the same as when, you know, when she hurt, <laughs> she hurt the knee. <laughs> <laughs> when she hurt the they knee, that shit all the time. You yeah. saw her hesitate going back at it, dude. If if I hurt your knee or you hurt my yeah. knee in a fight, do you know how many times I'm gonna fucking kick you there? Yeah, to, just, it is just what it is yeah. because that's my route to victory and getting rid of you and saying, mm -hmm. "All right, we're done now." It was you could see her actually mm -hmm. hesitate in doing it, and then she'd be like, "Okay, I gotta go back a little yeah. bit to it," you know, dude. And it was like. This is where I learned, okay, when it comes to women's fighting, I don't want to see people that, that no. train, train together yeah. I don't, and, and our friends. I don't no. want to see them it fight was, because I, it's just not the same. John, you and I have seen so many fucking fights. I've no. seen thousands of fights in my life, right? You've seen probably almost close to 100,000. <laughs> uh, you're 20 years old. So. <laughs> 
Um, but yes, I am. This is one thing that I have not seen yet, was two females that were yeah. friends and then had to fight each other. In terms of friendships like this, yeah. they were close. Uh, actually, they trained together. They well, were in each other's corners. Let's be honest. When Alima Lake came up, you know, yeah. it was Liz that was helping her. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is before, you know, Alima Lake became kind of a, a viral, you know, entity or star based upon her very first fight. I don't know if you remember it. Mm-mm. Her very first fight was Explode. No. Who was the Explode MMA here in San Diego, and she took on a woman, Katie Casio, I think was her name, and known as the Soccer Mom. Oh. Lemele goes out there and knocks out the Soccer Mom. This woman should not have been in the cage or anything like that. And that made people all of a sudden jump on Lemele. Lemele gets picked up by Bellator off of it and, you know, has a great run. But it was Liz that was the one that was helping her. Yeah. You know, in, in in the training room, get better, and they've had that friendship. And you look and you go, I understand it, but in the end, I look, it's different. Yeah. Women and men look at it different, and the fight was what it was. Yeah, yeah. So fat, let's fast forward to if we ever have to see that like in that type of fight again. Let's say hard no, hard no, hard no. Yeah. yeah, no desire to see two female friends fight again. Nope. But we can go on to men. Men, like like I said, the filling out process is over. They just know, like, and she. Here's the thing: Alima only brought it up. I know how fast she is and how hard she hits. Yeah. That's like the hesitation for most fighters. When you get that first round, that filling out, filling out process is to see That's part hey, of how it. fast are they. Yeah. Okay, shit, that hurt. Oh, okay, they don't hit as hard as I thought. And th- that should have been out of the way. We should have seen right to the action. Um, we never saw the action. Anyways, <laughs> next fight. Uh, let's go into uh, the... Some of the prelim. Pre- the prelim fights. I'm going to just go, you know... In different orders. Let's talk about Grant Neal versus Romero Cotton. Yeah. Okay. That was a beautiful performance by Grant Neal. And I thought that Grant Neal at 185, that's the weight class for him. That's his first fight at 185. Yeah. He looked in shape. He looked ready to go. He fought a great fight. Romero Cotton, I'm going to be honest, I was super impressed with the way he was fighting. Yeah. Normally, I, I look at him and he gets tired. Yeah. And he was going, and when he when it got after the first round, I thought that Javier told him the right things. He told him, "Hey, I need more from you." Yeah, you know. And Romero went out there and tried to do it. He went out there and he tried, you know, set you know a little bit quicker pace, throw more shots, you know. And it was pretty even overall, but you could see that the pace was no. getting to him. And by the third round, you could see in his face he was exhausted. Yeah, and that's when all the takedowns started and everything. And you got to give it to Grant Neal. Training at altitude, all those things. It was his cardio was the real difference in the fight. Yeah, with Romero, right? Like, he's got the power. He doesn't utilize his kicks as much. I used to try to work with him when I was training him on the mitts and on tie pads and stuff. Because I try to get him to use his kicks more. Because it sets up his his big power. He's got a good overhand right. He's got a good jab. He just chooses not to set down on them and actually, like, commit to them. It's more of an in and out type. Almost like a throw it but retreat at the same time. Yeah. You can't do that. Like, this is, I try to explain to people, like, with, with boxing, I can step in all the way through, or I can just snap it in your face and blind you with it a little bit and just, like, pop, pop, like, pepper you. And MMA, is, it's, peppering is so difficult to do because guys can throw kicks right behind your peppering. They can, yeah. you know, they, they can they just grab. If you don't throw a hard enough jab, I can just duck under. If you're not fast enough with it, I can just duck under and grab on the single or a double. There's other things you have to be concerned about. Yeah. So MMA just becomes a 
let me throw a hard one, two, or, you know, a right hand, left hook. And if that lands, let me follow up. I'll follow a couple more. You know, but I'm not trying to overcommit and get taken down. And Romero, is, he just needs to commit more to his shots. He needs to believe in just like, look, if I land. And when he gets in there, you can wrestle. Get on the over-under, start throwing knees. He doesn't knee at all. You know, and he doesn't, he should knee a lot more than what he does. I should say he's got powerful legs. Can you see the oh, fucking he's ass strong. on that guy? He's strong. He's got a fucking hammer behind him. <laughs> Jesus. Just, yeah, you know, you've got to learn to throw your kicks. You've got to learn to throw your, your knees when you're in those clinch areas. And, uh, and mix up the takedowns. And I continue to say this about all fighters. Double legs and single legs are just non-existent these days. You've got to chain wrestle them together. You've got to shoot the single, drive to the flare, can't get it, sit you back on your heel, go back to the single and dump, or go to the body lock and lift and scoop, or shuck by and go to the back. This We're losing, we're losing that feeling, um, right? Not losing that feeling. MMA fighters are, some of them are just not comprehending that the first level of wrestling, men's MMA is past that. Even sometimes the second level wrestling. Yeah. Don't be wrong. There's, Bo Nickel's not in every fucking weight class. All right? <laughs> but there's, there's levels to There is levels to it. But that, that, the men's MMA has passed. People shoot a double leg. They don't just fall down now. No. It's so hard to get a man's defense to just scoop the legs and lift and take them down. It's very rare you see that. And when you do, the, the, generally the person on the bottom gets right back up. Now, females' MMA is a little bit different. There's still a little bit of that single leg to the, you know, to the, the takedown right away. But then, like I said, they're constantly evolving. They're getting better. Their first level of takedown defense is there. Now you have to kind of, you've seen it sometimes, you have to chain wrestle. Especially with guys like Henry Cejudo jumping in there. Yeah. You know, with Wei Li Zhang and with, you know, other, other fighters. That first level of defense is very key. And they're making that step to, to the second and somewhat into the third levels of defense and stuff and takedowns. So uh, I thought Grant Neal fought a fantastic fight, uh, kept the pace. He was just the faster fighter. He, was, he threw caution to win. When they got into the clinch areas, Romero was just throwing the one and maybe trying to throw one on the exit, whereas Grant was throwing three and four on the exit. And uh, he was just the faster fighter, and he just beat him to the punch, especially after the first round. So um, fights that I was more, I, I thought were going to be a little bit better were the Kai Kamaka and Henry Corrales. They fought hard. There was a lot going back and forth. That was but sick. what I what I loved was you and Moro. The way you guys said they have to. They, Henry should have fought the way he fought the last ten yes. seconds. If you would have fought, there might have been a, it might have been a finish. It's one of those you, you know. I know Henry Corrales is disappointed, mm -hmm. and he's disappointed with that call. Those judges could have gone either way on that. Yeah. It was that close. Yeah. But that's based upon you. Now, and it's not based upon there was a just a, an overload of, you know, action and things going on. It was muted, mm -hmm. and you were you were trying to be technical, and I understand it. And Kai Kamako was trying to be, but you guys could have done more. Just like you saw Henry, Henry is that guy that you know at thirty-seven years of age, you know he's not quite as fast as he used to be, and he's still a fucking. He's a he's a gamer, man. You know he's just tough as hell. He's that guy that you know, you, you knock his teeth out, and he, he stands right there, and he spits him out in front of you, and he fucking just comes and throws another punch at you, which he's done. But I'd quit if my teeth. Oh, dude, he, he's uh, you cut me up and yeah. fuck me up. Oh yeah, break no, my, not my you teeth. Know, break my face yeah. and you fuck my teeth up. Yeah. I already had my teeth knocked out. I'm not letting that happen again. But you look and you go, 
Henry, that guy, that guy that you fucking unleashed at the end of the third round, mm-hmm. that's the guy that you needed to be throughout that fight. Yeah. That's the guy you needed to put a young fighter who's faster than you, mm-hmm. who's talented, in that position of you don't get a choice yeah. in being technical against me. I'm going to fucking put you into a fight. I'm going to brawl with you, and you're going to have to brawl back. And what happens from there happens. Uh, I, it was, a, it was a, a good fight, but neither guy can complain, and neither guy should look and say, wow, I, you know, that was a yeah. great win. You could have well, done more. When that one, like I said, like Henry's probably thinking, oh, I got robbed. Yep. Kai Kamak's like, oh, you know, I, I got it. I got it. That's I, the win. I should have won. I should have won. But at the end of the day, it was such a close fight. You could have lost. Yeah, could have lost. Both of you guys could have lost. That's so. it. Um, what other fights on the card stuck out to you? Uh, you know, I want to say that uh, Slim Trabelsi, who is someone a lot of people haven't seen, is now 6-0. Oh. Look, the guy can wrestle. And he's, you know, a 233-pound mm-hmm. heavyweight. He is that. Cain Velasquez style mm. of heavyweight that he's got really good wrestling. This is a guy that went to the Olympics. Mm. Uh, you know, he's fighting Davion Franklin. Davion, you know, whatever <clears throat> happened with, you know, his knee and the whole thing. I love when a guy says, I didn't tap. You want to watch the video? I mean, not only did you verbally go, you know, to the referee, this is tapping. Okay, you want to say, oh, my knees hurt. Okay, you don't do that in yeah. the middle of the fight. The, f- the fact that they, they called it a technical submission, I want to lose my mind. Okay? <laughs> I mean, Josh, what's a technical submission? Do you, do you know under the ABC what it is? No, it's called a submission. Okay, a submission, when you choke me unconscious, mm-hmm. that is a technical submission. You take my arm and you put so much force on it that it dislocates. Hmm. That is a technical submission. Got it. Is that what happened there? It's a technical takedown. It's a, t- it's a TKO. It was an injury. Well, I mean, like, right. the takedown caused it. it it's caused an injury. Hurt, so but that's te- not a submission. What was a submission? What hold was it? It was the takedown hold. It was the takedown <laughs> 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 You're you what the hell are you guys doing? Well, I mean, if the commission's making shit up, let me do it. Oh, too. dude, I know. Man. That was a, I actually went to them and they, and we go, they talk. They go, oh, yeah. So it's being changed. It's like, no. What, what is wrong with you guys? Because as soon as I look in, you know, for officials, this is important in the fact that I look at records and how people won and what they're doing mm-hmm. if I'm going to officiate them because I want to know what is this guy good at? What is this person not good at? All those things. And so I see technical submission. I know, oh, he'll go out, you know, meaning he'll get choked out. I, and, I, and I look, you know, technical submission. Well, what submission was it? Well, there was no submission. What the? You can't put that because now you're giving false information. Mm-hmm. It's like crazy, but driving, driving crazy. But Trebelsi, you got to give him credit. The guy is, he's that hybrid heavyweight. He's going to give people problems based upon he can wrestle. And when he gets in the top position, He's got heavy ground and pound. He does damage. He's going to be a problem for people. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head in yeah. terms of fights that really stood out to me on the, on the lower card. Oh, the, the the very first fight of the night. Was it the first night of the night? Maybe it was the second. Josh Hokett was the no, first No, no. Uh, uh, Shelby. Was it Shelby? Oh, no, no. The girl. The female yeah. fight. Yeah, Jenna Bishop. The, geez, man. Yeah, she's got yeah. Jenna I, Bishop she, is from here in San Diego, and she has got phenomenal jujitsu. Her jujitsu is just top notch, and you know she, she started MMA older. Mm-hmm. You know, started jujitsu older, but you know she's in super condition, 
and she's actually still got some speed to her. And she's one of those ones. She's the Mackenzie Dern type that you mm. look and you go, hey, you gotta, you cannot go to the ground with her unless you've got yeah. a superior ground game. And, you know, Yoani thought that, oh, you know, I'm good on the ground. And it's like, and no. I was thinking, you know, fight started. She was popping her. Yeah. She was doing a good job in the stand-up. I said, okay, you understand. Don't go to the ground with her. And then all of a sudden that takedown happened. I yeah. went, oh, you're in trouble. Yeah. She got the takedown first, though, right? Joanna got the takedown first, then they, they kind of scrambled back to the feet, and then uh, Bishop body locked her. Body locked her, took her, her, down, took her down, yeah. And they fucking hot knife through butter right oh, to the mount, cool. fucking right to the arm. I was like, holy shit. And that's where you look and you go, and there's your levels. It was, yeah. I mean, the fact that she was able to still hold the arm bar and then still do work to the, she was like hitting the solar and plexus. The way, and the way she took and took the hands away, yeah. she broke the hands. You look she, and you go, that's art. Yeah, I had to, I had to, uh, <clears throat> Man, I had to basically just talk about it. Man, you fought a great fight. I, saw, I was uh, seeking her out. And I was like, hey, man, you fought a great fight. Yep. Dominant performance. Great performance. Yeah, she looked great. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Thank Happens. you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Dave, I can't see that. Okay, but hey, before we move on to the UFC card, I want you guys to go to OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne in. Um, you know, hey, we're enjoy I'm enjoying working for them. You know, I mean, uh, I'm, not awesome. you, I'm not showing you my butthole or anything, but yeah. we are <laughs> we uh, we we um, we are enjoying working for them. We got a lot of new fighters that have signed up for them uh, with them over there. Uh, a lot of new athletes. They're actually making a push for a lot of ton a ton of lot a ton of athletes to kind of get on their platform, yeah, yeah. advertise whatever it is that they are doing. It's a good it's a good opportunity for them. So if you guys know athletes that are looking to try to get on and get connected with OnlyFans, make sure you send them my way, or just send me a DM um, from not from them or you know about them, and I'll try to reach out to them myself. Look, we're just trying to get more people on there um, that are in the sports industry, so we can create our own sports category that is uh, whether it's MMA, whether it's boxing, whether it's kickboxing, uh, it doesn't bare knuckle fighting, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, something we can try to get these athletes involved on another platform for them to make some money so they can continue living their dreams. And um, look, man, it's a great opportunity for not just the the fighters themselves, but for fans to really connect with their uh, with their their favorite fighters. With their favorite fighters their favorite or athletes. athletes, you know, and uh, get an opportunity like I follow a lot of people that do um, different types of soccer and lacrosse. But uh, mainly soccer, and uh, I love working. You do that for your kids. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I doesn't like it, but I still enjoy. It. I played soccer my whole life, and it's something that the game has changed so much. I mean, when I first, when I was in high school, learning the step over and the scissor and the scissor step overs, they were kind of relatively still new. The tuck behinds, all that, they were relatively still new. People were doing them, but they weren't as used now. I mean, there's now some of these techniques. I don't even know how they're. Oh. I mean, how do you even balance like that? <laughs> One foot to the next, but. Um, these are opportunities for soccer athletes or football athletes to kind of show type of moves and techniques that they use. Go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Have them slide into my DMs, okay? And uh, we will try to get them linked up with uh, OnlyFans. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to the UFC. Like I said, I only got an opportunity to watch a couple of the fights. Yep. But I did want to um, say that I will. we will do a more in-depth um, uh, breakdown on the midweek show. And... Um, but just for the fights that are worthy. John and I have been talking a lot about it. I know we go through the whole card. I know you guys are a fan of the fact that we go through the whole card. But if we're going to start on these prelim fights. We're going to start really trying to spend more time and emphasis on giving these young fighters um, the props that they're due. The ones that perform at a high level. Make sure we give them more time and break down with them and what potentially might be next for them. So we'll focus more on those fighters that really excel 
almost like a win bonus. We're going to give them Ooh, a little bit more of a win bonus. A win bonus. I give like them that. some more time. I like that. Give them some more, more time. That's the way so to do it. They deserve it. And uh, let's go ahead and jump right into the UFC. Let's go right to the main event. Well, it took so long. Yeah, what was it? 33 incredibly seconds. Incredibly exciting as far as all that happened in 33 seconds. I, I, here, here's, here's my take on this. And this, you know, watching it, I was a little bit surprised because Grant Dawson has done very well uh, with his career, has done very well in the UFC. And he had this like back and forth with Bobby Green going mm-hmm. on. I really don't know what the hell is. All I can tell you is I don't know Grant Dawson. I know Bobby Green well. Bobby Green's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He is a, he's a, He's just a straightforward stand-up guy. So I don't know what the back and forth really was or what anyone was complaining about. But it looked to me like Grant was kind of trying to, you know, get at Bobby and kind of get under his skin, which would tell me that, oh, you want him to like, you know, you know, you want him to be mad because you mm-hmm. want him to fight a little bit careless. Fight starts, Grant Dawson circles and he's circling out and he's putting his back towards the, the cage. And I'm like, why? Yeah. What are you doing? It's better. It's better to go forward with Bobby. And we talked about putting Bobby on his back foot mm-hmm. is much better than having Bobby where he feels comfortable coming forward, <clears throat> and you're giving it to him right off the start. And I'm like, well, all right, that's just not exactly what I would want my fighter to do if my fighter was Grant Dawson. But all right. And then he lunges with a huge overhand right, you know, misses by fucking six inches, and has one exchange and Bobby just gives a shoulder roll and basically is like, okay. And, and here it comes and Bobby lands yeah. the one shot. And then when he, and, and nothing, nothing against Grant Dawson, but obviously that shot had to really hurt him because he really gave nothing after, you know, yeah. that. And, yeah. and the fight was, you know, rightfully stopped <clears throat> and stuff. And, you know, big time win, you know, for Bobby Green. That's, that's a, uh, it's actually a really good mark for him based upon where they have him because mm-hmm. they almost have him like the gatekeeper now. Mm-hmm. You know, you beat Bobby Green, you're you're a guy up here. You can't beat Bobby Green, you know, you're going to be moved down here. And Bobby still has, you know, he's got swag. He's got a lot of game. I still would like to see Bobby go down to fucking 145. Yeah. Yeah, he's just not that big a guy, but... You know, great win for Bobby Green, and congratulations, Bobby. You look fantastic for 33 seconds. Yeah. Um, you and I were talking in the elevator on the way back um, to the hotel. When we got to the hotel, we were on our way up. I said, like, Grant Dawson looked like he was afraid right from the get. He, when when the fight said, when the when the ref said fight, Grant Dawson never stepped outside the the, the black circle. No. That little black line, he stayed inside that black line, put, him, put his for back to the it. fence, and circled out. Once you give someone like Bobby Green the ability just to kind of stay within his range and not try to push him around, well, he's going to be the guy that makes you feel uncomfortable the whole time. Yeah. And so every time he kind of came in the range, he and Bobby is so good with distance, so good he's at still making, fast. yeah, making you understand like you're right outside of range. When he threw that big, like you said, that big overhand right, yeah. Bobby just realized, oh, you're afraid to stand. Yeah. You got nothing for me. This whole fight is going to be about you trying to take me down. And and he knew that he's gonna have to throw big shots to get in to try to get to the clinch against Bob. And Bobby's like, look, you're gonna have to throw something hard at me yeah. to close that distance. And when you do, you're gonna load up, and I'm gonna go ahead and just tag you. And, and that's exactly what happened. And you called it like that. That 
When he hit the ground, though, I expected a scramble. Yeah. I expected movement. I expected yeah. like because he well when he went down, it wasn't like one of those. He wasn't in control of his body. It yeah. really looked like he still had control of his oh, body. He was just telling you, well, the brain is still connected a little bit. Yeah. He got hurt. I'm not saying he didn't get hurt, but nothing. No, no, he had he had control to say, "I want out," yeah. and that's exactly what happened. He said, "I wanted out." He got out. He got the out. I mean. Well, he was—he was, was hurt because he was face down. Look, we, we talk about being face down, ass up, mm-hmm. is not the position you want to be in. No, cage. it's not. And he was—he was there for a while, so obviously he got hurt. You know, the—I don't know if it was the shot that you know put him there, but something definitely hurt him because you know. Well, with Bobby, I've seen him be too—you know—too good in other fights mm-hmm. and show toughness and, and take a lot mm-hmm. of damage. So Bobby hurt him. But here's my thing with Bobby, right? People think. You, we we talk about he. I look at Grant Austin looked a lot bigger than him. Bobby's a small fifty five pounder. Okay, Grant Austin looked a lot bigger than him. That's one. Two is Bobby is um, like you said, kind of almost like they're using him as like a gatekeeper. Yeah, but Bobby's just damn fucking good still. Still, he's still good, still right. smooth, still slick. All these things. Let's not forget. I mean, I know he lost to Drew Dober, but he was booking yeah, no, Drew Dober's he ass. Was fucking, he was tuning Drew he up, was, and Drew, you got to give it to Drew that you yeah. know he was able to. That that's one of those do or dies for Drew, and mm-hmm. God bless him for going for it. Yeah, you know that. Is, so look, when I look at fights like last night from Bellator, yeah, Brent Primus needed that. Yeah, he I needed agree. to just go for it. I like, gotta go for it. Yeah, and that's what that's where I, that's what we saw. That's what I saw out of Brent Primus against the Barnaby fight. Yes, we I didn't agree. see that last night against Usman. Bobby though is someone that will he'll give you opportunities to do that. He'll 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 touch you, move, he'll still stand and trade with you. So those opportunities to get knocked out are there. Now, touching him is a, a lot harder thing to do than, than set. You know, it's like, so, but Bobby is, I wouldn't quite use him as a gatekeeper yet. He can't make it, he's not going to make a title run, but he can get back up into that, into that top eight, nine. Yeah, but if he can't make that title run, what's it telling you? He's older. He's a gatekeeper. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> he I mean, is. I mean, everybody I, in that, like, you can't. I don't know. I he, just the younger crowd. The younger guys are not ready to beat him yet. I, I agree with you. Look, yeah. he's still talented. He's still got skills, and you know, and I love the fact how much he's fighting. Mm-hmm. He kind of did that in when COVID was around, and yeah, Bobby was one of those guys. You know, mm-hmm. There was a lot of people, you know, and a lot of people in the UFC, you know, turning down fights. Yeah. And Bobby was like, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. it. You know, I, I never thought in a million years we'd see fighters saying, no, I don't want to make money during COVID. It's, yeah. But good win for Bobby. You know, like I said, congratulations. Grant, back to the drawing board. Yeah. Just learn from it. You know, yeah. there, there was something in there that didn't seem like the Grant Dawson no. we've seen in the past. No. So, uh, What was the next fight on Joe there? Joe Pfeiffer. No. Joe Pfeiffer against Al Hassan. Let me just be honest, John. This Pfeiffer guy, fucking Mr. Ginger himself. <laughs> and we always talk about it. Hey. Jesus. Oh, he's, he, he got he some, has, he's got he's some got ginger strength. Ginger in him. He's got yeah. ginger strength, ginger yeah. power. No doubt like about he's, it. Like he's, he looked huge compared to Al Hassan. He looked enormous. And I was like, holy shit. He was just bullying him around, touching the body, come back up top to the head. I mean, you could tell when he threw a kick, it was like moved out. It was hard. I was like, oh, yeah. man. I would get me the fuck out of here. I wouldn't want to fight that guy. No way. Just, when, okay, when it came to the submission, what did you see though? I mean, he, he was he was just a bigger, stronger guy. That's it. He just 
when he when he grabs a hold of that and he fucking gets in it and he's anyway, it's, it's like, oh yeah, you're not gonna survive that. Y'all know where I'm going with this, right? Ginger strength. You guys <laughs> ginger get it? strength. I want to say it, but yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just kind of on that like. It's ginger strength. We're calling it. Yeah, yeah. but it's got to be a twist. So I know you guys all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's so hard, John. Like. <sighs> Dude, if, you, if I was in if I, if I was from Boston, they use that word a lot. But well, yeah, and here, what, this is the funny part with Pfeiffer, and this has nothing to do with the fight itself. But you know, Pfeiffer is the guy that you, know, you got to give it up for Dana White. He helped Joe Pfeiffer out when Pfeiffer came to the Dana White Contender Series and get, gets the win, and Dana fi finds out he's living out of his car. He helps him, gives him extra money, and sets him up with you know a place to live and stuff. And now Pfeiffer is talking about. You know, well, you know, it depends on you know, how much money I get for you know these levels. But he's pulling the sh the sugar Sean, right? And I'm like, oh, we're already there. I love that. <laughs> and you know what's gonna happen. Right? Oh yes, I do. But that's me. Yeah. yeah I mean, <sighs> See, I don't want to say don't bite the hand that feeds you. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. But I just said it. Yes. I mean, it's it's one of those scenarios where, yeah, you get, you hey, get, man. You got to remember, hey, when I didn't have anything and he didn't have to give that to me, he gave it to me. It's the... Dave and I have had a very, like, tumultuous? Love-hate. It's a love-hate relationship. Um, In the beginning, like, when he signed me, he loved me. He was like, he's, like, I'll give you guys a quick example. We, I was fighting in Hawaii on the show Shogun. Yeah. And I came home. He signed me in the, you know, he signed me in Hawaii. Me, Robbie Lawler, um, you know, Pete Spratt, uh, Cabbage Carrera, like these guys, right? He Cabbage. <clears throat> Cabbage. Uh, but they, he sponsored all of us. Or not sponsored, but he signed Sorry. all of us. By the time I got home, I stayed a couple extra days in Hawaii, I had boxes of UFC gear. UFC shirts, UFC sweats, UFC everything, like hats. Boxes and boxes. I had like three or four boxes that would do up in my house, just gear. And love me. And then as the fights store stuff started coming on, I don't know what happened. Something happened. I mean, I know what happened, but I can't say it. But it was, but that after that, that moment, it was never the same. I look at this moment right now with Pfeiffer and I'm thinking to myself, you know, when they say don't buy the hand that feeds you or like the people that helped you on the way up, don't do them dirty like that. Now you might've been thinking what you said, but you should have kept that shit to yourself. I don't want to be, I'm not trying to like, hey, you're going to be you, you do you. But you had a great performance. Yep. And the person that helped you kind of, you know, lift you up by your bootstraps a little bit, you got to remember they're watching and he's watching. And, and, when and you he's said, listening. And he's listening. He pays attention to shit like that. Oh, he does. And he obviously liked you a lot to, to help you out. And so this is going to be one of those things that like, this dude just did me dirty right now in front of everybody, you know? And so... Those are the type of things you go behind closed doors and you try to, you know, talk to the boss man and be like, hey, man, look, I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I need to make a little bit more money if I can. You know, I'm having good performances. To, to fight those guys? Yeah. I, I got to get pumped up. Yeah. You know how good those guys are. I know how good they are. Well, that's just being straight out and being honest with them and he'll accept that. Yeah. Joe Silva oh. said something to me that I just, I keep it in my mind. Like, when you do something like that, don't expect your next fight to be one that benefits you. Because, hey, just remember, I was kind of helping you kind of come along a little bit. Like, let me have y'all be very honest. Joe called me. I was supposed to fight. I was supposed to fight um, uh, Carl Parisian. 
I was supposed to fight Matt Sarah for my first fight in the UFC. I got hurt both times. So my third time trying to make this fight into the UFC, he calls me and says, you fucking owe me. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> I got this guy. Ah, I got it. this guy, Mr. Yeah. Fucking Bangkok Ready. <laughs> as, as Andy Bravo used to say, I got this guy uh, named Bangkok Ready. Bangkok Ready. And uh, I keep getting bugged, and Dana's kind of forcing me to put him on the card. And I want him and squashed. And I want him fucking squashed. And so I had to go out. He's like, you fucking owe me. He's like, you need to squash this guy. So I went out and squashed him. But it was, it was that right there that kind of got me in the good graces of Joe. And Joe's like, all right, after that, he's like, I don't owe you one, but I owe you one. And, uh, you know, but then it was, it was kind of a, they, it was like, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. But those are the things, had I come out and said all these other things, like Joe would, Joe's the guy, I've seen guys. Who was uh, Jim Miller's brother? Dan, right? Dan Miller. Dan was getting oh, yeah. a little big in the britches, apparently. And this is a story that, that I had heard from Joe. He had told me, he's like, look, he's like, not Dan. Dan wasn't getting bigger either. Just somebody else was. And he goes, Dan had a really good arm and guillotine. Dan, yeah, uh, Miller. Dan Miller had a really good arm and guillotine. He's like, all right. So then he went and matched that kid up he against Dan that. Miller. Yeah. And literally, I saw the fight. Like, it was like two weeks later. It's like, watch what happens. Joe was very smart. Oh, Joe understood. Of, he understood. He understood strengths and weaknesses. And he would, at times, oh, yeah. he would match you against that person. Oh, you, you okay, no problem. I'm going to put you against someone that I know. They're not the best fighter. No, but they're going to give you. They're going to give you problems. They're going to make you look bad because yeah. they can. They can clear your path. Look yeah. at what they did with Conor McGregor. Oh yeah, they cleared his path. They gave and, him fights that were, and, for the most part, set for him to do well. Now they gave him guys that, in the end, became great fighters. Max yes. Holloway. Yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely. and the one, the first one that they gave uh, Conor that they were like, okay, you're going to have to stand on your own. Yeah. It was Dustin, and yeah. he did. Yeah, he yeah. did. He stood. He stood on his own. But you know, I'm going to give you a little story here. And this is the way Dana thinks. And you know, when the Fertitas first bought the UFC, you know, they, they flew me out. And you know, we went to dinner and talking and stuff. And I'll never forget the, the thing that he told me because it went against everything that I knew. You know, was he, you know, he said, John, he says, let me, let me explain this to you as simple as I can. He goes, friendship is friendship and business is business. Mm. He goes, but friendship will never be business. Hmm. Remember those words, because that's Dana. Mm -hmm. Friendship is friendship, and business is business. But friendship will never be business, meaning you think that our friendship is more important than the business. No, it's not. That ain't happening. I'm going to choose the business yeah. over that. And, and I, I always looked at it the opposite. No, you, do, I don't, mm -hmm. you want me to do that for business or you know, yeah. take care of my friend? I'm taking care <clears> of my friend. No, I get it. And it's I get just it. the way they look at it. And that's, you know, that's why they've been successful. So, you know, I don't say anything about, you know, I'm not saying they're wrong. It was just, that it was a, it was a way of looking at things that I never looked at that way. Yeah. And so I go, Oh, it's a new world for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, those, what other fight was on there? I know there was one more fight that I had watched. Can, did you, Dave, Oh yeah, I've can, got it. Hold you, on. You got it? Kaboom. Joaquin Buckley Hold and um, Alex Morono. Drew Dober and Ricky no, Glenn. I did watch Joaquin Buckley and Moreno, but Drew Dober against Ricky Glenn yeah. was one that, did you see that one? I didn't see that fight, okay, but I heard it ended by a, a nice finish. Very nice finish for him. Which one did you see? I saw, I saw the, I started watching the Buckley one and I fell asleep. So I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. Buckley, you put him to sleep. No, uh, it, no, it, it was actually, it was a, it, look, it was a well-contested fight. Mm -hmm. um, but John, I did notice it went the distance. 
Yeah, I did go the distance. And what I was surprised, and um, I was like, well, how did Buckley win by going the distance? Because I would have expected it to be the other way around had okay. it went the distance. I thought Murano would have been one in his face, making Buckley fight a very uncomfortable fight. Because Murano doesn't look the part like they I had no, heard he I had heard DC and them talking about it. like this is a guy that if I saw him in a club I'd fuck him up. No. No, you will not. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you see someone like him, it's the book got, of the cover. He's got good he's got good cardio. He goes, he's always in your face. He's making you fight a very uncomfortable fight. And he's good everywhere. He's good everywhere. He's got good good submissions. Yeah. He's got good takedown defense. Yep. He just doesn't look the part. Don't no. let that shit fool you. And um, You got the dad bod. Yeah, I'm, I mean, you got the dad bod. My my bod don't look like that. Well, you take a look at Buckley. It's on its way, though. It's on its way. <laughs> you, take, you take a look at Buckley. You know, Buckley's put together, man. No, He's just fucking giant out. chest. Yeah. And you look at you know Morano, and you look, you go, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you're not that strong. He is. Yeah, he just doesn't look it. He do we not forget? Do we like do we not forget like the, the sexiest and the most successful fucking athlete right now in the world in the combat sports industry is Tyson Fury. He's got the total dad bod. That guy no, 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 like no, no, Greek stop. God. He does not have a dad bod. That, whatever that body is called. <laughs> that's that's called it's the, the fucking great grandfather. <laughs> it's the great grandfather. It's the pear shape. <laughs> Even I don't look like it. Jesus. And he's got shit. And the best part is he sits there and he grabs it and fucking shakes it. Own it, baby. But I'll tell Certain you what. guys, man. man that, you it can helps do with it. their cardio. You I can think. do it. Paul want to tell him, man. That guy had cardio for days. Yeah. Cardio for days when he drank. looked like a burrito. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah a very fat one. He used middle. to say, "He goes, I'm a burrito." Yeah, you know, yeah. you know when you you go to like Chipotle, right? They put too much meat in the middle and they roll it. It's like a big <laughs> lump in the middle. That was Paul Bonatello. <laughs> he had the belly that stuck out right in the middle. It looked like he was pregnant half the time. Oh my god. Um, but I wouldn't have thought that the fight would have went the other way if it went the distance because Buckley tends to slow down because yep. he throws everything with what a lot so of much power. power. Yeah. And with all that power and explosiveness. We've seen this before with the guys that are super athletic and have a lot of explosiveness. We've seen it. They tend to slow down half of the second sure. or into the third round, and they're not the same fighter in the third round. Well, in this fight, um, you know, apparently it didn't go that way. So like I guess I can't wait to see the whole fight. I saw the first round. That was it. That's all I can give you guys. But I definitely am gonna. I definitely want to break down the Judober fight. I want to see exactly how he set up the knockout. I haven't seen that yet. So and then, um, you know, I'll take a look at the rest of the card. And we'll go from there. That sounds good. Um, Dave, I do actually have a little bit more time. Uh, I don't want to, oh, okay. yeah, because I, they, I actually changed my own flight. I was wondering why the, the call roll for the roll call for, uh, shuttles said 815. I was like, my flight's not till 11 something. All right. So, Hey, you guys, we're bringing this to you guys from San Diego, obviously from my hotel room. And, um, and, uh, I thought I had a flight, so we're going to actually go a little bit longer. Okay. And give you guys a couple, a couple of more things. Um, give us some yep. news there, Dave. Yeah, so um, first story here, uh, Derek Brunson made the jump to PFL and got an immediate fight against uh, Ray Cooper the Third. Want to get your reaction to that? Who? Ray Cooper the Third. Ray Cooper the Third. Yeah. Do you please Ray Brada pronounce enunciate your words, buddy? <laughs> it was very clear. Don't know how it could have been clearer. Huh? What? <laughs> Don't know how to give it. Clearer. <laughs> All right. Um, tough fight. Yeah, very tough fight for Derek. Because Ray Cooper can wrestle. He can wrestle, and he's got bombs Yeah, in his hand. He can swat. And if there's one thing that Ray is still, he's fast. Yeah. I mean, Brunson makes it look... But Brunson is big. Yeah. Yeah, let's be honest. Ray, Ray's been mostly fighting at 170. Yeah. Brunson is a big 185-er. Yeah. You know, and Ray's going up, because Brunson ain't going to make it to 170. No. So you know, you know, Cooper's going up to 185, 
he's not a big 185er as far as frame wise. He's stocky and yeah, thick, thick legs. But man, uh, you know, he's just got to. In my opinion, Brunson's got to win that in the first round. Does it not concern you when fighters go from 170 to 185 and they realize kind of the reason they might be doing that is because Ray Cooper he has lapses in how good he can be because it looks like he doesn't train as hard as he could all the time. He had the success when he won the title. He knocked out uh, Magomed Karamov. Yep. He knocked him out. He had success, won the tournament, made the money. And then the next tournament, he loses in the first round. Yeah. It's like, okay. like It's a little bit of that but being he, complacent. Okay, but I want you to think about this. And this is, the, and it's one of, I'm going to say a complaint. And, you know, guys in the PFL. And if Derek is put into this situation with their tournament, you know, I was talking to Randy about it last night. I go, hey, look, you know, we were talking to Brendan Lockname. And, oh, yeah. and it's a matter of, hey, that tournament, although, you know, people on the outside don't realize it, they're having to fight so often within that year structure of how they run that tournament that you don't have any time off. You are going from fight back to camp, back to fight, back to camp. Mm -hmm. And it, he goes, it breaks you down. He yeah. goes, he says, I got exhausted. Yeah. And that's one of the things that can happen, you know, when you go through that. And somehow the PFL, I, I look at it, the PFL should use the tournament to establish their new, new rising stars. You uh. win that tournament, you're the new rising star, and you have now ascended to this level of you get to compete against these guys, guys that have already won it also, guys that are their top, you know, signees. If they don't want to be part of the tournament, you get to go, you know, you're in that you know, almost like their pay-per-view level. I know they got the whole Jake Paul thing and everything. That's very interesting. But it's, you know, especially, at, you know, at 30, what, 38 for Derek Brunson, yeah. I want to say? Yeah, yeah, All those fights that fast, that's tough. That's not an easy thing. You know, exactly. And so I understand why Ray broke down. This happens to yeah. a lot of fighters, and you mm -hmm. see them. And, and there's, you know, guys like Movlid. Who he skips a season. Yeah. He actually walks away, says, I'm not fighting this year, and then comes back the next. Well, because he wins the year before. Okay. Year before. He, okay. And that's the whole yeah. point. But Take he gives time. himself that time off and that rest. So that's yeah. you, you this is pretty this is pretty new to me though. I think it's a great idea where you have the younger guys do it and the older guys just fight for the title. But the yeah. only the only guess downfall to that is that like the guys that are the veterans, they want to make the million dollars. So that's where the problem lies. I mean, you, you, you have a choice. You want to go into it? You can go into it. Go ahead. I'm not holding you back. Yeah, I'm not going to hold you back. Yeah, but then, but then you'll have you'll have some of those fighters that will go in there. And then those younger guys will never get an opportunity to ever really make it to the big show because they're going to get their asses kicked by the Maybe. guys that want to get in there. Maybe. I mean, can you imagine, right? Guys like you put like a Magomed Karamov who's fine with being in there against guys that are up and coming. They won't ever have a shot. You got to say like you can't have guys that are four and zero going into the tournament. No, you can't have the guy that's just even if they're eight and zero, all of them and stuff. Even if they're eight and zero, you get fighting yeah. someone like and they're fighting on lower level shows. They finally Again, get the big show. Yeah, I look at it, it's the same way. You can use that tournament to set up your your new stars, and you, you're you're the promoter. I mean, no one. You're the one. You're, you're, you're the one. Million dollars though, either. That's true. That's true. Like, that's why true. don't we do a hundred thousand dollar contract? You know, or whatever. You know, they just give throw whatever. It out there whatever it is, done. it's fine. But it's a matter of. You take a look. You're the promoter. You're the one in control of yeah. who's going to fight who and when. Well, you got to. Like, I guess I look at it as instead of making a million dollars, you turn around, you make it a hundred thousand dollars, and the 
winner of that the winner of that tournament, you know, they make a hundred thousand dollars on top of their purse. So whatever their purse was, because if you're yeah. coming from a small organization, LFA, RFA, ACA, there's ACB, no RFA, whatever, but you know what I mean. LFA. You know what I mean. Okay, like I just throw out these old names. Okay, Shark, Titan, Victory, all that stuff. Titan. Victory, there you yeah, go. Anyways, all these uh, organizations, you're making two and two, five and five. You know, depending on who you are, you're not making much. No. You know, so for you to go into a, a PFL and enter right into a tournament. And be like, hey, I have a chance to make a hundred grand. Yeah, I'm making. These guys are like, I'm making twenty five thousand, twenty five thousand for the fight, and I got a chance at a hundred. Yeah, I mean, I want to give you guys a little uh, history lesson here. My second fight, I made a hundred fifty bucks. My first fight, I paid twenty five dollars to fight. I paid twenty five. I love that. My third fight, I made three hundred, and then after that, I made five hundred, five hundred, five hundred for a while. It wasn't until I got to um, Shogun, yeah, and I actually made two and two. My contract for the UFC. Just was say, two and two. Just say, how rich were you? I was fucking balling. Yeah, I was balling. I was bottle service. We're talking bones. Like, well, drinks are on me. Shit, fucking, let's go steakhouse. Yeah. Let's and go. Next, let's and go. The, and the next day, shit, pour again. Surfing turf, baby. Surfing <laughs> turf. Before I even left Hawaii, I was broke. <laughs> I was like, shit. Uh, it was. It was great. It was great. Yeah, um, yeah, it just it is what it is. But I think I think what you do is you make it a hundred thousand dollars. The winner gets a hundred grand. And whatever their fight purse is, whether it's four and four, five and five, you get that on top of that, you're making 110 grand. I mean, fuck, that's a lot of money to these guys that are two and oh, four and oh, six and oh, six and one, two and, you know what I mean? Like, it, that's a great, I think that's a great segue into making it into the PFL. Yeah. And then instead of making, instead of burning your, your veterans at both ends. It's good, good chance. Because then once they get start getting hurt, they, they, look, the reason why I'm, we're talking about this is that it's really hard <laughs> if you don't see your fighters, if they're constantly hurt, or it's really hard to follow along in a tournament format, unless it's more like a Bellator one where it's just one weight class yeah. and moving on. Because if you have so many weight classes, okay, when's that weight class fight again? It's hard. It's a little difficult. It is. I love what they're doing. I love how he's given the opportunity every year as a season. And, but I like the idea of keeping it as one weight class so I can actually follow that tournament, the lightweight Grand Prix, the, well, the welterweight Grand Prix. And um, it just gives you an opportunity to follow those fighters. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing Yaroslav Amosov. I can't stop. I can't, I can't get enough of this guy. He's so good. And the guy that when he fights Jason Jackson, to me, is going to be his toughest test. I thought Logan Story was going to be like he was in the first fight. Yeah. No. But Amosov just came back motivated. I think in this fight coming up with Jason Jackson, it's the tall, long, and lanky again. It's the long range, long kicks. And people think because he's so good on the feet that he can't wrestle. No, he came up wrestling. Yeah, he was, was Jason Jackson. That was his, yeah, that, that was, was his what base. he did. That was his base. So yeah. he can stuff takedowns. You know, if he has one weakness, let's say it's probably the submissions. Can he stuff? I don't know. Amazon's takedowns. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. Either. Either. But we'll like, find out because we sit, we sit there and we talk about he can stuff takedowns. Yep. And there's levels to it. And if there's one thing that Amazon has shown, his wrestling is elite. It is. But here's the thing, John. When you look at when I look at Khabib, right, and I've trained with Khabib and I've trained with Islam, the 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 style, not the style, but the size mm -hmm. of their bodies makes a difference on how they get takedowns. Guys that um, guys that Khabib fought that were taller than him, he had to work on the double leg lift and scoop. Okay, guys that he faced that were not taller than him or equal to him or a little bit shorter, he got by lock and he kind of like lift tilted the them. yeah tilted them and drug them yeah. down to the ground. Yeah. Amosov is not going to be able just to lift 
Oh no, he's gonna, Jackson's yeah. long and he's going to be able to drag yeah, those he's feet. he's going to drag the feet, tippy toes. He can't just get to the side hip and just lift and set you down. He's going to have to scoop both legs and lift you up underneath the asshole. You know, that's really have, what it is. Did it have to be whole? Yeah, it's just it. underneath the ass. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, come I on. I mean, <laughs> OnlyFans.com slash weighing in, okay? <laughs> OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Um, let, let, let's talk about this real quick because it's coming up this week. Dylan Dennis taking on Logan Paul. Is that going to happen or is it going to be Mike Perry? Because they've already fucking, even even that's in question now. I already said that I didn't think Dylan Dennis was going to make it to the fight. Yeah, that's what I said too. I don't, I don't think he's going to make it. Um, I think Mike Perry, and Mike Perry put out something too. He's like, oh yeah, in. Mike Perry says, I'm in. I'm in. I love him. And uh, I don't know if that's the hype. I don't know what it is. But if he is in, that's a, that's a that's a really dangerous. Oh, life just got a whole lot worse for that's, a guy named Logan Paul, if, if you ask me. Look, Logan Paul and his girlfriend, fiance, are suing Dylan Dennis, which is the dumbest thing I've ever. Okay, grown, thank you. That's grown, why I just like you're come a on, you're a grown man. Ass. You're you're, you're like grown, Mr. Antagonist. First off, you're a fucking grown ass man that has pulled all kinds of you know <laughs> yeah, pranky pranks things and before shit. and everything. And, and it comes down to what I always say. It doesn't matter. You get to go punch him in the face. You get to go oh, fuck him up. John, this is And it's legal. You, this is when you know who is the one wearing the pants in the relationship. His like, wife, this is fiance, wife? is oh, telling wife. him. Woo, They're getting wife. married. They're getting married. We'll see if they make it there. Um, Are they getting married? <laughs> I will find out. But I look at Mike Perry says that he's in. This is going to be, uh, it's, it's a tough fight for him. If I'm Dylan Dennis, I almost want to pull out. So I can watch Mike Perry beat up Logan and then talk about it. Oh yeah, but you know what? Here's here's the whole thing. Jake Paul can box. Can box, and had Mike Perry as one of his sparring partners, you know, preparing for fights. And you know, Mike Perry wasn't you know in shape for those and, yeah. and anything. And, so, and I think Jake Paul went to him and said, "Yeah, you know what? You know, he he he's a brawler and stuff." But you you, I think he did his. Brother dirty. I mean, there's I some think he did there. his brother dirty, dude. There's some history there. Logan hasn't been the nicest brother. I, hold on. This is my point. <laughs> I think he did his brother dirty like, all right, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take your star power. Here you go. Ooh. <laughs> what? You started prime. You're in with my. You're, you're in with Dana White after I've been bagging on him? Guess what? I'm yeah. going to show you. So, do you think that Jake might be kind of like... Just sticking a his, little, sticking it to just his brother a little bit. Just a little bit, uh, maybe. I mean, look, there's, you got Tristan uh, Tate and Andrew Tate. How close they are. See, they, I think they, those guys are. They together. talk about brothers and brothers and brothers, yeah. right? And then you got Jake and Logan, and they feel like they couldn't be any more different. I think that well, because they compete against each other. Yeah. They both want to be. I, do you think at the end? Do you think at the end of all of this stuff? I think the final thing is they fight each other. Ooh. Like this is this is I kind of get the feeling the two of them would sell out to each other God so much. Damn it! You know what? They might That's actually not fight a each bad other. thing. Because you remember there was there was talk of Frank and Ken fighting. Oh yeah, always. There was like Frank always. Frank and Ken Shamrock were talking always talking about fighting. Always. And then there was that that was going to potentially happen. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, and it would bring what was that movie Warrior? Remember the movie? Oh, yeah. I, was, I was supposed to be in that movie. Yeah. And um, yeah, there was a reason you weren't. I, I was supposed to be the main bad guy. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, I was supposed to be him. You were supposed to be, what, yeah. Kurt Angle? 
No, it was supposed to be um, his, the kid's name is Eric Apple. He ended up oh, Eric my Apple. Spot. He ended up yeah. taking my spot. The yeah. guy got knocked out and slumped through the ropes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was supposed to be him. Yeah. And then uh, I actually gave up the role because I got scheduled to fight Gilbert for the third fight. Okay. And so I Eric I, Apple's I, a better asshole than you, though. Yeah, you know what I'm Yeah, he is. Yeah, you see him, and I, I and I know that's like I'm dissing. I'm not. No, no, no. Okay, so you know. <laughs> Eric and I had some beef for a while, but he, he, you know. It's old school now. It's old school. I've seen him recently, and he's he seems like he's matured a little bit more. Doing good. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> anything else, Dave? Dave, anything else, bud? Yeah, Arnold Allen and uh, Mavsar Evloev have a, a fight for January 20th. That's a good fight. It's oh, a good fight. That's a good fight. Evloev yeah. and his wrestling. Arnold Allen just needs to come out and be the guy that he was before the Max Holloway. The Max Holloway. Yeah. Uh, or you go back to that guy in the fifth round. Yeah. You know, the fifth round guy. I just, I feel like fighters, they just try to control the situation too much. They do. And I continue to say, look, if they, when you're young in your career, which Arnold Allen is, but there's moments where you just got to be like, you know what? Go. In, tw- in 15, 20 years, no one's going to give a fuck who I was. and where I, They're just going to remember the action fights that I gave them. Guys, guys like Dustin Poirier, guys like Max Holloway, they're going to be talked about forever. Oh, yeah. Because their fights are so damn fun. Look, Habib, if he wasn't so dominant, not a lot of people probably would talk about like no, a lot. But the it, fact he was so dominant, the fact that he was talking to people as he was just fucking them up, making them decide on like life choices. <laughs> they were they were like, Do I wanna live? Do I not oh, wanna yeah, live? Yeah. Do I wanna just, you know, do I wanna go home to my family? Do I wanna have all my teeth? Yeah. Like that's what made him so popular. Um you know, so I, I don't know. I feel like Arnold Allen needs to throw caution in the wind. He's so good. He's he's fun to watch. But um, Evelove is just tough. He okay. is a tough fighter. He's great. Quality fighter. Yeah. So Man, he's see. good everywhere. His wrestling's really good yeah. and stuff. That's a great matchup. Yep. We're going to see. We're going to see. Uh, what else for us, Dave? Uh, that's all I have for this show. We'll wrap up there. Okay. All right, guys. Wait. I want to thank you guys for so much. I know it's very rare that you get us in the same room. And, because um, we would not fucking make it out. Well, no, because fuck if you notice, I'm like squished over here in the corner, and John's taking up the fucking man. screen. <laughs> that's why yeah. you're leaning forward to look bigger. I have to. I, that's why I am. Look, if I sat back, look how small I look. <laughs> look at this. Is what we're doing. <laughs> See, that's why I had to sit forward <laughs> the whole time. I was like this the whole time, just so I could. Just... <laughs> you guys got to see. See, camera angles do matter. See, in the. <laughs> So do the three chins. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much. Um, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. There's also a link in our descriptions that takes you to our Clips channel. We haven't abandoned our Clips channel. It's still up. It's still running. Got 25,000 subscribers over there. Subscribe to us over there as well. So we're joining this all together. We want to thank you guys so much. Hit us up on our audio platforms. Look, everyone's going back to work. People are stuck in traffic. If you guys got something to do on a road trip or on vacation with the kids coming up with the holidays, Pop us in, listen to some of our old shows, listen to some of our newest shows, whatever it is. Go back and recall kind of, hey, I remember Josh saying some stupid ass shit like at every show. Who ya? But go back and you're like, you know what? I remember. And then hit me up in the comments and, uh, you know, maybe we'll get some bands here. I want to do one of these live shows with some randos. Okay. I want to do some fans on here. Come on and, uh, you know, and get an opportunity to ask some questions and, Ooh, uh, like you know, and, uh, you know, just kind of do something like that with you guys. I want to involve our fans a little bit more. We may have to do that over on OnlyFans. Um, try to get you guys to come on over there. So OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. Also go to WayneInMerch.com pick up some of our apparel. The weather is getting a little bit colder. A little more uh, fog rolling it's in. It's time for the hoodie. It's getting time to get the hoodies, especially at night. Not during the day so much, but the night times. 
But get them now. You guys can. So WayneAndMerch.com. And uh, John, go ahead, buddy. Take us away. Well, you know what? Since we're here together, let's do this. Are you ready? Because we will see you. We will see you.